We're live. Awesome. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and we have been off for quite some time, but we are finally back on the pod. The gurus have been off, but we are excited to kind of get an episode out here just because it has been a while. What a crazy NFL season it has been. But first, before we get into that, as always, I'm Seth DeHaven. At the top of my screen, as always, Mr. Dom Stefanacci dominating fantasy football leagues across the country, kind of, this year. Not this year. Not this year. But, and then at the bottom of the screen, I think he likes Tennessee, maybe not. But Mr. Rocky Top himself, J.O. Boys, gentlemen, thank you guys for kind of joining me tonight. I'm super, super excited to kind of get this episode out as we kind of go over the AFC and the NFC championship games. First, um, let's break it down. I mean, Chiefs, Ravens coming out of the AFC. A lot of people maybe expected the Chiefs to be back, maybe didn't expect the Chiefs to be back for how they kind of looked during the regular season. And then out of the NFC, we got the star-studded San Francisco 49ers led by a healthy Brock Purdy this year going against maybe everybody's favorite and hopeful to win the Super Bowl, uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, We're going to hop right into it tonight. We got kind of a 30-minute time limit. So let's go over, boys, the NFC um, title game with Detroit and San Fran. Um, My first question is going to go to Mr. J.O., um obviously the lions there's going to be a lot of question marks here a lot of points kind of favor the san francisco 49ers in this matchup um just because they're very good against the run um i think they come in at seven point favorites and the nfc title game which seems to be a lot to me kind of talk about jared Goff and the lions kind of what he has to do um to pull out a win there in san fran yeah not throw picks um I think is the number one thing, which so far in the playoffs, he's looked really good. In my opinion, I think they've done a really good job of getting Reynolds involved. So, I mean, as long as they hold on to the ball with the way that they're willing to go for it and be aggressive on fourth down, they can sustain the heck out of some drives. If they're not turning it over golf has, like I said, looked very, very good. um, And been protecting it. He's been throwing some serious dots. I mean, some of those, passes that he can get, he's getting into those zone coverages to Reynolds and Amon Ra, you know, they're attacking, you know, I think it was last week when that uh, defensive back came out and they brought in that second, second guy and they were just attacking him with comeback routes one after another, whether it was Reynolds or Amon Ra. I mean, that's when they're going to be very, very good and tough to beat because obviously they can run the ball, but Goff has looked good. And as long as he, you know, takes care of the football, the defense is solid enough and they can sustain those long drives that they can make it, you know, possession by possession football. And I mean, let's talk about the, the, I mean, they face the Buccaneers defense. Who's not very good against the pass. I think they're probably one of the worst in the league, decent against the run. Um, And then obviously in the wild card round, they edged out the Rams. So what do you think needs to work for Jared Goff? Because obviously in this game, all signs point to the running game, maybe not being there for him. So what do you think he needs to do? Kind of is it a Laporta, him and Laporta game, maybe him and a Monra, or do you think he's going to just have to spread it all around the field? I would say spread it out. Generally, that always works out the best. Um, And he's been doing a very good job of that. Like I said, Reynolds coming on in the playoffs, I think, is a big plus for them because it's just a third threat. I mean, in that first playoff game, I don't know how many receptions Reynolds had, but it had to be 10 plus. So I think spreading it out is, 
you know, super important. And honestly, we know that the 49ers defense is good, but Jordan Love pre- looked pretty good against them. So it, it, it wasn't exactly locked down in the secondary. So I think they're still going to have the ability, you know, as, again, as long as he's not throwing picks, I, I think that they're going to have the ability to go, um, go through the air. Yeah, what you alluded to, he has taken care of the ball in the playoffs, which kind of in the past, it seemed like he's kind of that game manager. I think he kind of took a step up this year and being that that QB1 that they did take a risk on a few years back. Dom, I want to kind of go over to this question to you, because I know both of these guys, especially for fantasy season, you were back and forth on between Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery. This game script looks like a Jameer Gibbs type game script where they're going to need to see some different looks instead of run the power football against that Washington front, or excuse me, that San Fran front. So what do you think, um, you know, between Gibbs and Montgomery, who kind of needs to handle that workload going into this game? I would lean more towards Gibbs just because of it, his explosiveness. But um, David Montgomery is definitely going to have to be utilized for ground and pound type game. We're out the defense and then you sub in a, fresh Jameer Gibbs and you just let that man eat you give him the ball and let him go to work um and I think those two are going to give success to Jared Goff in the passing game because once they're ready for the run it just opens up everything they run their whole offense for the most part off of play action and that's when they're lethal that play action is how they have won all year and it is how they've been really successful this year so I think those two are going to be very important but I would I would go with Gibbs. Yeah, that I think I believe that San Francisco front is uh, rushing yards per game has got to be top three in the league in terms of not giving up yards on the ground. So we're going to have to wait and see kind of there. Um, I want to hop into the receiving core real quick of Detroit, just because I do think this may be a very vital part for them to win this game. Obviously, we know what a Monroe can do. Jonah, who do you kind of see? backing Amonra up in this game? Is it going to be tight end one on the year, Sam Laporta? Is it going to be kind of Reynolds again that you kind of alluded to? Or who do you kind of see backing him up um, to help them edge this one out? Yeah, I, I think Reynolds is going to have to to be a big player to, to be able to take some of that away from Amonra. Obviously, Laporta is disgusting, and it all depends on how those linebackers cover, you know, Laporta coming across the middle on some of those drag routes and some of those post corners and things. So, you know, I I think Reynolds has looked very, very good with the ball in his hands so far in the playoffs. So I I think him having a good game is going to be huge on the outside. Obviously, you know what you're going to get with Laporta. Um, And then any of those, you know, eligible linemen that they like to throw out there on fourth down, those will be, those will be good receivers too. (laughs) Yeah, they, uh, they must report. Let's hope they report. But Don, I want to, I want to actually, give that question to you as well. Uh, I mean, is it is it going to be a Josh Reynolds? Do you think it's going to be a Sam Laporta, maybe a Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield game? I mean, who has to step up other than Goff and I would say Amon Ra to really kind of push them over the edge against this good San Fran defense? I like Jonah's point. I like Josh Reynolds. I think he really stepped up. Um, other than him, I'd have to go Laporta potty. I mean, he's been huge all year. I mean, he's setting tight end NFL rookie records and He's just dominating. I think he continues that. I'm glad to see he's healthy with his knee that possibly flared up at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, Sam Laporta and Josh Reynolds. And don't count out Jamison Williams, man. He can run. He He's your home run threat. I mean, he's your guy. So, And they'll throw it to him. They, they let golf go. So um, I think those three are huge candidates for breakout games. 
And I'm, I'm glad you bring that guy up because a lot of people, they look at stats, right? Like this guy, oh, you know, he's only averaging, he averages one and a half catches a game. He only averages one big play a game. What Jamison Williams does for that offense, it goes a lot further than the stat sheet, right? He can kind of extend the defense long, open up those holds for maybe a Josh Reynolds running a kind of a mid route, I would call it. Um, and even a Monroe with all those kind of seam check down routes, the little little curl routes, that hitch routes, all that stuff that he likes to catch and run with. So Jamison Williams is doing exactly, I think, what Detroit wanted him to do. Um, and it's like you said, with that lethal run game that they have, that two-headed monster of David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, um, that play action is just so lethal in that offense for them. I Real quick, before we hop over to San Fran, I do want to just stress this, and I think this may be the key part of the game. Can the Detroit defense hold this San Francisco offense? Um, Dom, I want to extend this question to you. Obviously, we've seen Detroit's defense all year. It's kind of been up and down, but for the most part, a lot of questions in the secondary, not good against the pass. I think they give up, the, I think it's the seventh most points in the league. So what do you have to say, kind of that defense? What do you think they need to do? Or maybe a point total they need to hand, uh, hold San Fran to, to win right. this game. I mean, I think they watched the tape from when they played Green Bay and copy that. I mean, Green Bay holding the 24 points for a San Fran offense like that, that's pretty dang good. I know Debo got hurt. He wasn't really a factor. <clears throat> it was raining a little bit. I would copy that script. They don't have a Jair Alexander type guy either, but they got to do, they got to figure something out. Whatever Green Bay had success with, I would try to build off of that. Yep. And I, and I totally agree with you. I, I think a lot of us are rooting for Detroit. Very cool story. Dan, Dan Campbell is the man. I think we all can kind of allude to that. What a great coach. Um, and what an absolute, um, a bunch that it just looks so motivated to try to win this year. So I really hope they can kind of pull this one out. Um, I want to extend it over to San Francisco now. Brock Purdy has been pretty good all year. Um, he's missed throws here and there, but for the most part, out of Mr. Irrelevant, he is definitely relevant. Dom, I want to kind of just run this into you here. Talk, talk about Brock Purdy and what he has to do for San Fran to win, probably limit the mistakes, or do you think he's going to have to have a big game? No, I think he's got to do just more of the same. Be the game manager he is. He's got the weapons. Just give the ball safely to your weapons. Turnovers is what's going to cost them the game if the 49ers were to lose. If they don't turn the ball over, there's almost no chance they lose this game. Yep, and I, I wanted to save this question to Mr. J.O. because I know this is kind of his guy. It's always been his guy since he entered the league. Christian McCaffrey, um, I don't think you can really say enough about him. Best running back in the league, hands down. We, we've seen it year in, year out. Um, what kind of special performance? I mean, every performance seems special from him, but what kind of performance, you know, this weekend are you kind of looking out of him to do and, and what he can possibly do against that Detroit defense? Yeah, I mean, he's a freak, so he's going to get his, you know, regardless of who's on the other side. Um, so there's no doubt about that. You know, I think he's going to do his thing. And what do you have, like 80, 80 yards, 80, 90 yards in the game, but he had that big, uh, big touchdown run at the end. So I think he's going to do what he's going to do. Um, and obviously the whole, the whole team is pretty talented, especially on the offensive skill side of the ball. So, you know, it just opens up doors for him. And you can't really crowd the line of scrimmage because Kittle will take the top off of you. Juwan Jennings can set, you know, set on the inside um, with some of those comebacks. So, you know, it's a recipe for McCaffrey to just always 
have an opportunity pass game, run game. It really doesn't matter. You know, I think he's going to get his, I don't think that there's, you know, I wouldn't be taking the under in yards. That's for sure. Yeah. And I, I, to me, all, all signs point to San Fran, right? I I just think that they're very talented. They've kind of just proven that they're, they've been the best team all year. I'm sure Baltimore or one of the teams from the AFC could definitely have something to say about that. But Dom, let's go back to the Debo Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk talk real quick here. Obviously, there's a ton of weapons, as as we've all alluded to. Who has kind of come into that number one for San Fran? It kind of goes back and forth, right? At first, it was Ayuk. Uh, right. It looked like Ayuk for a while. Debo got healthy. Now it looks like Debo again. So kind of who do you think is the number one option for Purdy there? And who would you kind of like to see have a big game um, here this weekend? I'm going to lean more towards Ayuk just because of what happened to Debo. Um, his injuries aren't clear. So I wouldn't rely on him or put any type of money on that unless you have a clear designation for the game. So my answer is going to be for Ayuk. But let's just say they shut down Ayuk. His other weapons are crazy. I mean, you have George Kittle, Juwan Jennings, um, Juszczyk. You can use Juszczyk. They haven't even used him all year. Um, Elijah Mitchell's still in the backfield. When healthy, he's really good. So, I mean, the the sky is the limit. Um, Even if you try to stop one of the guys. And then you... Throwing a healthy Debo, pick your poison. Yep, and I, like I said, I, I think that I think that this is definitely San Fran's game to lose. I think that Purdy will probably have a decent amount, probably a couple turnovers if they do end up losing this game. Most pressure, uh, Jonah. Who do you think kind of has the most pressure on San Fran? Because realistically, this is a Super Bowl Super Bowl bound team if they play San Fran football. So who needs to step up and and or not mess up? Uh, to kind of make that happen. Chase Young, in my opinion, um, because that guy has looked like trash and he is getting run straight at and can do absolutely nothing with it. He makes the wrong decision every single time. If it's a run, he is going on the edge to try and get to the quarterback. And if it's a read option, he is taking the wrong person on it every single time. Um, I honestly think it's him because they brought him in for a reason. You know, in a game like this, the thing with golf is always if you can get to him quickly, he's going to make a mistake and you're going to get a pick. Like that's the the read on golf across the league is just get to the quarterback. So obviously Bosa is going to get, you know, doubled. And so that means that Chase Young is going to have to step up and do some things and get get to the quarterback and make some noise. And then he's going to have to be a run stopper because they're not going to run at Bosa. They're going to turn around and run it straight at Chase Young. So I honestly think, oddly enough, that he probably is the game breaker on that side of the ball. Because if he can get to Jared Goff and, you know, prevent Gibbs from getting to the outside on some of those electric runs and stuff, I think that that is where they would, they would take control of the game. If they can't do that, then I think that the lions are in a good position to, you know, sustain those drives. Yeah. And it's, it's been a little shocking, right? When that trade happened, um, they kind of got him for nothing, in my opinion, not, not the player that we thought he was. And he just has not kind of panned out yet. Maybe it's just a new system. We kind of give him a benefit of the doubt, but you're right. A lot of broken plays. Seems like he's just not following assignment very well. And once again, first year in the first year on that defense. So maybe next year is different, but as of right now, it does not look good. So let's get into the game picks here. Um, San Francisco does come in as seven point favorites. Dom, do you like a seven point line here or do you take the Lions plus seven? Oof. I like uh, I like money line 49ers spread 
for the seven points, I'm taking the Lions. I got a field goal game. Jonah? Yeah, I love the money line uh, on the Lions. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I, in all honesty, you know, I don't like anything more than four points in the NFL. I just never will touch it. So if you're going to give me seven in the NFL, especially in a, you know, NFC championship game, I'm going to take it. So I would take the Lions in the points. Um, but I, I wouldn't touch minus 325 or whatever the 49ers are. So I'll probably spink, sprinkle some money line on the Lions as well. And I, I, I kind of do like San Fran minus seven. I, I just have a weird feeling about this game in terms of I just don't think the matchup fares very well for Detroit. I'm rooting for them. I hope they win. But um, I would say I'll sprinkle a little bit on the Detroit money line, hope for the upset. Um, but in reality, I think that San Fran covers seven. And then for the over-under, Dom, I know you were talking about it earlier. Um, what was the over-under for this contest? 51 and a half points to be scored. And do you like over or under that? I like uh, – I'm I'm that's actually tough. I'm going to go with the over on this this one. I think it's going to be pretty close to that number, though. I see, I see Jonah shaking his head. I think I know why. Like, as you heard, he, I think if the Lions win this game, it goes under. I think that's a very good chance of happening if the Lions do win this game. 51 is – Detroit's defense scares me a little bit. So, um, I, I think under is a safe bet for me in this. And, Jonah, I'm assuming you have under as well. I hate, absolutely can't stand unders. They make my skin crawl. They make my skin crawl. But I would not touch 51 points in this game. And that's because I really do think that the Lions will sustain drives, like long drives, you know, six, seven, eight-minute drives, nine-minute drives, like those ones that are just grueling. They're going down the field. All of a sudden, you know, you get to the end of the first quarter and it's like seven to three. And you're like, what the heck just happened? You know, I do feel like it's one of those games. Um, and Kyle Shanahan's not afraid to do that as well. He's not afraid to, you know, just run it down, run it down, run it down. It's not like they're going to be taking big shots all the time with Brock Purdy. So I, I like the under in this one. And I, I'm, like I said, I'm right there with you. So um, we'll see what happens. I think most of America is going to be rooting for Detroit. I think the story's cool, but we'll see if the luck runs out this weekend. Um, let's move over to the big matchup of the weekend. I feel obviously both are big matchup, but I think the more anticipated matchup, if the Super Bowl logo is correct, we'll be seeing the Baltimore Ravens win this football game and meeting San Fran in the Super Bowl. But once again, as we alluded to at the very beginning of this episode, guess who's back for the sixth consecutive year, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who I can say personally, I thought there was no way, right? No way. This team looked lost, but here we are saying his name and Andy Reid's name back in the AFC title game. Jonah, we'll start with you. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, I think this year has dealt with the most um, controversy of receivers that we've had. He's had the most. Um, this is probably the biggest struggle of, that we've seen for him in a while if, since his rookie year, possibly. Um, obviously, he's incredible. So kind of what do you want to see against him, against a with him against a very good Baltimore Ravens defense here this weekend. Yeah. So just level setting, I do have a future on the chiefs at plus 900 to win the super bowl. So I might be a little bit biased on this one. Um, I, I think that he's just going to have to, to do what he's been doing, which if, 
if you look at what their offense has looked like over the last, like, call it four weeks, you know, now that Rasheed Rice has become, I mean, pretty obviously a, a number one, number one wide receiver. I mean, he's looked fantastic. And if you look at the last two games, especially last game, Kelsey has kind of come back onto the scene. Um, I will say, you know, even though Mahomes looked good, he did miss that t- t- touchdown to Kelsey by about five yards in the back of the end zone when Kelsey was a walk-in. You know, there's a few of those little throws that it still looks like things are just a hair off. So you do have to worry about those kind of things. But his ability in that last game to just move the pocket is is just freak stuff. And he's going to have to be able to do that in this game. You know, um, that Ravens defensive line isn't exactly a bunch of superstars, but for whatever reason, they are very good at getting to the quarterback. Um, and, the, the you know, those defensive backs for the Ravens are freaks. Obviously, the... Uh, the Ravens secondary is really good. And, and the thing that they've always been able to do is without a lot of superstars on the defensive line is they can get to the quarterback with four. So exactly like he did in the last game, the biggest thing for Mahomes is going to be, he's going to have to be himself. He's going to have to be able to step up, move the pocket, get around and make plays outside of just, you know, standing on that center pocket and find those receivers downfield, which he's been doing. So that's the biggest thing for him is if he can avoid those kind of coverage sacks, which is what the Ravens are really, really good at right now, is just holding down coverage in the secondary and letting the, them get home with four. If he can avoid that, then I think that he's going to be in a really good place. And and that's just Mahomes being Mahomes, really. Yeah, and I, I want to bring this up to Dom because you said you kind of said it where he missed Kelsey in the end zone there. It looked like on a throw that he makes 99 times out of 100. Dom, do you think this is the first year, I think, that we've seen the Kelsey and Mahomes connection not look as top-notch as it has in years past. Do you think that's a timing thing with them just because he's getting doubled a lot more? What do you kind of see from them in this game that needs to work or probably has to work kind of for them to beat Baltimore? Right. Yeah, no, they've been off this year for sure from a guy that drafted them uh, in their fantasy, kind of watching them and tailing them all year. Uh, double teams, he's been getting chipped off the line. Um, they've been throwing him off his routes, rerouting him. So I think it's a little bit of timing, a little uh, off the field distractions, kind of not been there. Mm. Um, we'll see. I mean, they still have that six years in a row AFC championship game connection. But um, I think they probably rely on Kelsey a little too much. And I think that's where they have kind of learned this year is that they can't always go to Kelsey. And the guy that I think stepped up this year besides Rashid Rice is Isaiah Pacheco. And I think he sets the tempo for this game. If he can be successful, that's going to open up everything else. You can let Mahomes pass and win the game, but I think they cement the game through Isaiah Pacheco and him running the ball, getting those hard first downs, third and two, third and three, getting a good run on first down, setting Patrick Mahomes up for success on a second and short, setting up those explosive plays, their little wheel huddles and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So – I think I, I would lean on Pacheco. I would not so much Kelsey. And let's extend that question out, out to Jonah. I mean, is it obviously Kelsey's going to be the number one guy. Harbaugh is very good at taking away the number one guy. So obviously Kelsey is probably going to be taken away. Not saying he's not going to have a big game, but they are going to try to take away that connection right away. Who has to step up? Is it Pacheco? Is it Rice? Is it maybe a, a sleeper? Maybe McCole Hardman steps up this week 
with almost almost that costly fumble um, last week. Right? Who has to step up other than other than Kelsey and Mahomes, kind of to get them to where they need to be? Yeah, it's it's got to be Rice. I mean, he's he's got to be who he's been for the back half of the season, which is a number one wide receiver. You know, I, I he got hurt um, on one drive where they were in the red zone, and you know, he came out for a bit and it was almost like, Oh my God, what do they do now? I mean, you know, you wouldn't have been saying that at the beginning of the year. So I think it's important that he, you know, goes and gets a few balls, you know, finds some, some gaps in the secondary there. They're going to be hard to come by, but if they're there, you know, Mahomes is going to find it, but I do think Pacheco in the run game is big. I mean, how, how many years, well, this would be the first. Have you seen the Chiefs run the ball the way they have been the last like six, seven weeks? You've never seen it, not with Mahomes at the helm. So, you know, Pacheco has been a freak. The kid runs like an, you know, an angry person. He's very angry at the ground. And I, I really like watching him run. I think that he's turned into a very polished back. So you know, I think it's going to be a mix. I, I don't think that there's any teams left that can rely on one guy. You're just not going to be able to do that in the playoffs. So it's got to be a team game. You know, Kelsey could have another two touchdown game just like he did last week and we wouldn't blink an eye. So, you know, I, I do think there's going to have to be guys around it, but I, I still think Kelsey is going to be able to step up. Yeah, we're, we're going to wait and see. And uh, just to kind of get back to the Pacheco thing before the year, there was a lot of questions, right? Is he going to be the lead back? Is he going to kind of take the reins over? I think we did see that this year of him being able, a very capable RB1 and in, in possibly Kansas City for a long time. I'll give a little shout out to Clyde Edwards Hilaire too. Kind of staying, kind of staying ready. He's actually looked pretty good. Um, I know when Pacheco at the end of the year didn't get to play him kind of when he was hurt there for a little bit. Um, Clyde Edwards stepped up and he's he's actually been pretty good behind him. So maybe watch out for for him this weekend on one of those big plays. It seems like he's kind of been that sneaky big play guy um for them so far this playoffs. We know what their defense can do. Obviously, the Ravens offense, and that's what we're gonna go over to now with most likely to me future MVP this year, Lamar Jackson gets the big deal. And now they're in the AFC title game. Jonah, talk about Lamar, talk about kind of the progression that you've seen from him this year. Cause I mean, he has made this Ravens team, the contender, the team to beat. Yeah, no, Lamar has been really incredible. Um, I think what's interesting when you look at this matchup in general, it's the two teams that probably had the most question marks at receiver going into the season and through the first few weeks, right? At the both teams, it was like, who the heck are they going to throw the football to? Obviously, Zay Flowers, you know, rookie, um, they were hoping he would be good, but nobody really knew. OBJ, you don't know what you're going to get. And, um, you know, now that Mark Andrews is out too, what he's done a really good job of, in my opinion, this year is they've spread the ball out really well. So if you look at all of these games, you know, even this last game, I, I don't know if there was a guy that went over 60 yards receiving, you know, I could be wrong on that, but everybody was right in that wheelhouse, but there's a bunch of guys getting, you know, five, six targets, you know, four or five receptions. Um, and they're spreading it out really well. Obviously Zay flowers can go off if he needs to, but Isaiah likely has looked really good. So I think if he can keep spreading the ball out and he doesn't, you know, go back to some of those old tendencies of just trying to force the ball into spots and trying to make plays, which has been his downfall in the past. Um, if you look back a couple of years ago, they played against the Titans in the divisional round and they lost because of things like that, where it really wasn't, you know, they were the better team, 
but he just was trying to force the ball into spots um, and was, you know, giving up those takeaways. So up through the point, this point in this year, he's done a really good job of avoiding that. You know, obviously he's able to use his feet like crazy, um, like no one we've really ever seen. So that kind of stuff extending plays is huge. So, you know, if he keeps doing what he's done to this point and doesn't go back to some of that, um, you know, I think he's, I think he's in a good position. And if you've watched this Baltimore Ravens team this year, all year, it's kind of been the definition of next man up, right? If it's not Lamar Jackson play, playing well, it's Gus Edwards running for three touchdowns. If it's not Gus Edwards, it's been Keaton Mitchell with these big explosive plays who's now been hurt. Um, Justice Hill has played a huge part in that backfield as well, not getting maybe the touches that he's like, but just being ready. The receiving core, as you said, Bateman's been None of them have had great years. I would say Flowers would probably be the main guy that had a very good year. But all those other guys, they didn't have great years. But if it's Nelson Aguilar, it's OBJ, it's Isaiah Likely, everyone has just been has stepped up when they needed to and kind of run that role. Dom, obviously, they've been able to get by with these guys having so-so games and kind of doing what they need to in certain spots. But who do you want to see step up this weekend? Because Kansas City's defense is no joke. So which one of these guys is going to have to be there for Lamar to kind of say, let's say the game's on the line. Who does who he need to throw it to this weekend for them to win? I got to say with Zay Flowers. Um, he's had an incredible rookie campaign. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Zay Flowers, incredible rookie campaign. He has explosiveness. Um, he is far exceeded my expectations for the year. Um, he just catches the ball, and it's a problem. Um, not only does he break tackles, but he gets yards after the catch. So I'm going to go with Safe Flowers. And, Jonah, I want to hear kind of who you have to say. Um, who needs to step up this weekend? I think Isaiah likely having a big game would be huge for them, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I think that he's been a pretty solid threat, um, you know, even vertically at times which is which is fantastic we're a safety valve for Lamar if nothing else else is open and he's just you know hitting a spot route or something like that so you know if they can get the tight end you know out and making some plays that always is a difference maker if you can start pulling those linebackers you know out of position and start at least getting them back away from the line of scrimmage then that opens it up for Gus Edwards or it opens it up for Lamar on a read option some of those things having a really good tight end you know, makes a huge difference in a game like this. So I would like to see if, if they win, I think likely it's going to contribute. Yep. And that was actually my pick as well. So I, w I would like to kind of see him. I think he has some good momentum going into this game. So we'll see kind of what happens there. Let's get into the finish this segment, get into the game picks here. Um, I thought this line was a little bit weird to me. I get why with Baltimore being the number one seed, but Baltimore comes in at three and a half point favorites. Um, and then, to me, it, that just seems a little too much just because of the Chiefs and their track record. But, Dom, who do you like in this matchup with Baltimore getting three and a half? So the public is 50-50 on the spread, and they are 73%, 27% favored to the Ravens on the money line. I'm also torn again on this game. This is another tough game. But I would never put my money against Patrick Mahomes. He is the current Tom Brady and you just don't bet against those guys. So I'm going to roll with the Chiefs. And Jonah, I think I know which way you lie because you like those dogs. But um, who are you going with here? 
The same thing I did last week when Patrick Mahomes was an underdog. I hammered the money line and made it all. And so I will be doing the same thing. This is it's it's generate generational what we're witnessing right now, which is to be able to get Patrick Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. I took him at plus nine hundred to win the Super Bowl. I'm taking him every step of the way as an underdog. I I, I hammer hammer hammer. And I think we just went three for three there because I do like the Chiefs plus three and a half. And then I do like the money line as well. I, I know Baltimore is a tough place to play, but this is too familiar of territory for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and those guys, despite kind of the up and down year. Uh, Dom, over under for this game was 40, what? 44 and a half. 44 and a half. And do you like the over or under that? I like the under on this game. Jonah? <laughs> over very much um 44 and a half with patrick mahomes and honestly lamar jackson right now um i will take that any day of the week this game should probably be played in the 30s and if you get one team in the 30s 44 and a half is called dunzo see ya that's called an over so i'm taking the over on this one and i would also like to add a smart man who has a future on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl would hedge with money line on the Ravens. And I am not a smart man. I'm going to be hammering the money line on the Chiefs. <laughs> I love it. And then I, I like the over in this game as well. I got to ask you guys one more quick question before we end this kind of segment in this podcast. Is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes the new Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? Jonah. Ball coach. So no, I would say not. I, I think that um, I, the relationship and you know and all that. But I got to be honest with you. I think Andy Reid is a better football coach than Bill Belichick because you know places, multiple places. He did it in Philly. He's done it with the Chiefs. To be honest with you, the Chiefs were pretty solid when they had Alex Smith. So you know, I. In the concept, but I honestly think Andy Reid is a better football coach than Bill Belichick. We'd probably see that here next year in Atlanta. And Dom, I want to hear your opinion on this real quick before we end this. Uh, I think that's an outrageous statement Jonah just made. But other than that, <laughs> no, you will never eclipse Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Their relationship with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is probably far better. It was probably more of a business type deal with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. But I'm I'm going to say they're not as good as Bill and Tom. And I, I got to please before we end. Can I ask him one quick question? Can I just ask him for I would like to ask him for Bill Belichick's record without Tom Brady. That's the only question I'd like to ask. That's the only question I would like to ask. Tom Brady. That's the only question. That's just all I want to know. Well, I'll tell you what. We got a lot of we got an exciting weekend coming up. Six. So Six drinks. Um, but what Andy Reid and Mahomes are doing is pretty incredible, too. So, as I always say, I, I'm done debating on who's better and who's not. I think we just uh, appreciate the greatness as we get to see it. Um, but as we end the podcast, gentlemen, it's it's always fun as we see the predictions there. Dom did have the Ravens and 49ers meeting just solely based on that logo there. But, gentlemen, as always, I appreciate you taking the time out tonight. Um, and as of next week, we will kind of break down these games and go over who we think will be your 2024 Super Bowl champion. So 
as always, gentlemen, thank you very much. Peace out. Peace. Online Gurus Fantasy Football Podcast. Er